from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. It is Cofield and Company on this Wednesday. Uh, I don't know where we would work it in, so let's just start before we get to the Big Five. The Taco Bell thing. Okay. There's a, I mean, they're making tostada, like the Mexican pizza kind of came back for a little bit. And it was way too popular and it kind of went away very quickly. Now they're doing tostadas and other sorts of things with just giant Cheez-Its. Yeah, it's featuring a giant Cheez-It. Um, uh, <sighs> a Cheez-It is okay. Like they made the Doritos taco shell. And it was, oh, that's cool. The Dorito, everybody likes Doritos. So that works. Here's the problem. Cheez-Its are not like universally loved. No, and here's the problem I have with this. Once Cheez-Its, have you bought Cheez-Its? No. Okay. Once Cheez-Its came out with the, I don't know what it's called. It's not burnt, but the extra, it's like it's, it's a. Other kinds of Cheez-Its? Yeah, it's like a, I, I got to look it up. But once they came out with that, like the original just kind of lost its appeal to me because it, uh, extra toasty. It's the Cheez-It extra toasty brand. And it's, it's, it's better. It's better than the regular. So is, is it the, is it the extra toasty big Cheez-It for the tostada? Um, it, you know, that would be my first question, but I think it's just doing a little too much for the Big Cheez-It Tostada or Big Cheez-It Crunch Wrap Supreme. I just don't... Mm. I'm just a little upset that I didn't get over in time for the Mexican pizza. Yeah. Looks like they didn't want to get in trouble like the... Uh, or get overwhelmed like... Popeyes? But yeah. Have people shooting each other for yeah. the Mexican pizza? Yeah. That makes Nobody's shooting anybody for a Cheez-It Tostada. Not I at all. I can promise you that. No way. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Five at Five. Number five. I don't really know. First of all, I was going to say I don't know certain parts of tennis etiquette. I don't know any tennis etiquette. I don't know how it, uh, how you're supposed to handle things like this. Um, doubles etiquette, I'm, I definitely have no idea. But there is a very angry young woman in Wimbledon right now. Uh, her name is, I don't, I've never heard of her, so I don't know. Tamara Korpich is very angry. And I kind of feel her on this one. Here's what happened. Just before the tournament, she got a text from a from a fellow player, Harmony Tan. You may know the name because she did something big yesterday. She got a text from Harmony Tan, and Harmony was like, hey, let's play doubles together in Wimbledon. It's it's a big opportunity. It's great, and Tamara was like, "Yeah, that's great. I, I I'm in, you know, I'll be in my first major tournament as a doubles player. I'm excited. Let's do it." Harmony Tans is cool. We're we're playing doubles together. So today, about an hour before the match, Tamara's getting ready. Oh, I'm excited. This is great. She gets a text from Harmony, and she says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling out. I'm not playing." Now, Harmony had a very grueling long singles match yesterday, which I'm sure she didn't expect. She thought she'd probably get run over uh, by Serena. She didn't. And so now she she has to recover from, from that, play her next singles match, take advantage of that opportunity. 
but you you've got to play the doubles if you ask somebody to play doubles with you. Well, the one thing that's in this story that I'm reading is that she did suffer a thigh injury. Now, how serious it was, I don't know. And I don't know if it, if it was a strain. It could have been treated. Could she it have also could have been nice. a reason to just not play. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> it could have just been, this is the excuse I'm using. And because, you know, I think that when you're in tournaments, that's what they have personal trainers there for. She could get some fascial stretch therapy. She could get, like I said, some stim and ice. She could definitely get some recoup. They could have um, compressed it a little bit. So it's definitely, I definitely feel for the uh, Tamara. And she also, Carpich. I mean, she also was just about to play. As we said, it was just a little bit before. It was an hour before, yeah. When she found out she was already warming up, she was at the court, ready to go. Uh, Tamara says, I didn't deserve that. She asked me before the tournament if we want to play doubles, and I said yes. I didn't ask her, but she asked me. If you're broken after a three-hour match the day before, you can't play as a professional. That's my opinion. Wow, shots fired. I don't think they're going to play doubles together anytime soon. This team is probably dead in the water. Uh, She said, sorry, but I've played six-hour, 33 matches in one day and played a singles match the next day. It's just what it is. Interesting. Interesting. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the re- repercussions, ramifications are. I don't know if everybody's going to hate one or the other for how this is. I don't know if in the tennis world, one of them is in the right and one of them is in the wrong. I just find it fascinating when it gets very public and nasty between potential doubles partners. Number four. The aces. That's a tennis word. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Love there it. Will be, Love there, it. Will be no aces. Oh, well, that's good. There'll be no aces for Tamara and Harmony, but the aces will be in action. Love it as you're as you work in another tennis term. Uh, the aces are trying to say deuces to the rest of the division. I don't wow. know. I don't and, know. And weather the storm tonight. Oh boy! Wow. This is we've got a we got a number four again. Number four. The aces tough matchup in Seattle. Tina Charles expected to make her storm debut. What do the Aces have to do to kind of get back on track? Well, they're they're they are coming in off of a a, a win. So to op- they open their road trip with a win. Um, I think that they have to make sure, you know, they got some quality minutes from Kia Stokes off the bench. Everybody's healthy. The the injury report came out today. Raquana Williams is back. She's now got a game under her belt. Um She's a defensive stalwart. You know, the thing is with this Seattle team is there's a lot of experience. You have arguably two of the greatest players, you know, and then you now you add Tina Charles. You got Sue Burr, you got Brianna Stewart, and I have Tina Charles. And this is a team that's surging in the Western Conference. This is a team that has components that has won the WNBA title. This has become Sue Bird's Swan song, as she announced, you know, and and they're on a nice little winning run right now. They're performing well. So just because the Aces are coming off of a win, that was also against the L.A. Sparks. No knock, but, you know, they've already fired Derek Fisher. So they're they're playing under an interim coach. And Seattle's going to have revenge on the on the brain um, after coming down here and losing. So it's a. It, it, they're definitely – this is a big game because we have seen the Aces, their four losses are against the, the Eastern Conference powers, Washington, Connecticut, and Connecticut, and Chicago. So 
Seattle would like to be the first Western Conference team to hand the Aces an intra-conference loss. You you asked me who's the most likely Las Vegas Ace player to record a triple-double because there's been, what, three of the 14 triple-doubles in league history have happened this year. Yeah, 14 triple doubles and three alone have happened this season in the history of the of the of the league. And you say I might be surprised. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my answer. Okay. And maybe it's the same as yours. I don't know. Okay. Jackie Young. I'm gonna say the young lady we brought up earlier today in De'Erica Hamby. Hmm. And that's because of her versatility down low in the fact that she she pulls rebounds and she can score, but she is sort of that go-to for the driving kick because if Asia's covered, right, and you come down, you're going to dish to Dierica. Dierica can dish back out, or as defenders collapse, she could dish to Asia. I think that her assists, I think before Asia, Asia might, some people might be the logical answer, but I think that it's Dierica because she is able to do all three. Kelsey and Jackie crash the board. doesn't really get assists, though. That was that was my thing. But she's a starter now, and well, I'm saying she, my first thought was Kelsey Plum, and that's yeah. what I thought the obvious answer for everyone was because Asia doesn't really pass either. No, um, but Kelsey Plum I think does a little bit of everything. But I, the rebounds are a little tougher for her. Uh, Chelsea Gray makes some sense too, but like Jackie Young actually does fill the stat sheet, and she's been installed as a forward. Yeah, Chelsea, it's Chelsea, and it's 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 considered Chelsea and and. Uh, Chelsea and Kelsey are the backcourt. Jackie's your swing swing woman, I guess. And then you got Dierica and Asia. I think they're more interested in wins than triple doubles, but it's it's fascinating. Yeah. It's interesting. I definitely think that the Aces, one of the Aces could be, could provide the fourth triple double this season. Very possible. Yeah. Number three. Too balanced. Too balanced. Not going to happen. Mess around, mess around and got a triple double. When nobody's keeping stats, I like it. Uh, there, there, are, there are a lot of great Max Scherzer stories out there. Very competitive, very intense, uh, kind of a lunatic. Uh, but I did read a, a really good one today that I enjoyed. Um, apparently, he loves. First of all, he loves fantasy football, fantasy sports of all kinds. He loves being commissioner. He loves really dropping the hammer on people in the league. There's a story that for, for somebody committed a small violation. And he took a draft pick away from that person in their fantasy draft. I love that. That's great. Uh, hopefully, it was at least in the rules, and he had the authority to do that as the uh, as the league commissioner. But I love stuff like that. Apparently, he also books bets from teammates. Now, I don't know if his teammate really should have disclosed this, but uh, the Athletic just did a story where they kind of went around to everybody that's caught for Max Scherzer and said, "Like, tell us our, your favorite stories about him." And they got they, they also talked to some bullpen guys that have played with him and, and worked with him. Um, but my favorite story came from Sean Kelly, who was a bullpen pitcher, who was who was a teammate of Max Scherzer, who lost apparently a bunch of money to Max Scherzer on some football and basketball games. So he owed him quite a bit of money. Sean Kelly was warming up in the bullpen, and Scherzer said, If you go into the game, and only throw one warm-up pitch and then tell the ump you're ready to go, I'll knock $1,000 off your debt. And Sean Kelly said, yeah, you know what? I, it doesn't. It's not the best thing for me, 
but I also don't. I also kind of need the money, so I'll take that thousand dollars off my debt. So he said he entered the game. He tried to throw a couple extra pitches in the bullpen, but you can't really get yourself up to real speed down there. He comes in the game, takes the ball from the umpire, throws one warm-up pitch. He said, let's go. I'm ready. And he looks over. The umpire's in shock. He doesn't know what to do. The players are like, okay, let's go. We're going to play. And he turns to Max Scherzer in the dugout, who is just laughing hysterically, who just orchestrated this whole thing and just loves it. That I mean... You know those things kind of have to kind of happen during a season because you got to stay loose. You got to stay, you know, you can't be focused and intense all the time. You need to liven things up and loosen things up a little bit. But to have that much joy in just making a guy not actually do his job properly is fairly funny. He said I, he was feeling bad for my poor little reliever self with his big Cy Young money. Sure. So he said, I'll tell you what. And that's when he went into the pitch. Um, he did say... That when the ump was like, what? He said, no, I'm ready. Let's go. And then he went on to say, it didn't go real well, yeah. but I did get some of my money back. I got, I, I just want to know the game so I could go look at the box score. <laughs> yeah, I probably had. I probably bet on him. I probably lost an under. Because of that. Yeah, because of that. Just I'm because sure, of that. I'm sure that happened at some point. Number two. I, uh, I, I heard this. I didn't look it up. I didn't read about it because I don't, I don't even want to know. But you, I think, sent it over. Is there, is there a Who's the Boss sequel? Yeah, I was stunned when I saw it. I guess, I guess I guess it came up last year or, or no, it was a, it was a, announced in 2020. She had previous uh, Alyssa Milano previously wrote when announced the revival back in 2020. So Who's the Boss why right, was Alyssa Milano's sort of breakout screen sure and uh, Tony Danza played the father, and he sort of played the housekeeper for Judith Light's character. And it was uh, the Maselli's, right? They they had well, uh, yeah, I mean Tony and Samantha Maselli, sure. And they had moved from Brooklyn, out of a bad neighborhood, went up to Connecticut. Well, well it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just it was Brooklyn. You know, it was, well, it was they, one of they the boroughs. To, they had to escape. Well, they got. Yeah, I they, think he. I think he owed some money. He was like a former boxer, or baseball player, or something. I don't remember. I mean, I watched the show when, as a kid, mostly just for I thought, Alyssa I, Milano. Yeah. Well, no. I and I, th- <laughs> I, I was actually that was also when we when the first time uh, Leah Ramini came about. She was her friend that came and visited from New York. Sure. And she guest starred on the show. Well, so. she also was Stacy Carosi. More importantly. At Malibu Sands Beach that was Club, after that, though. I'm, I'm aware. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. that was her. Oh, oh yeah, that was her breakout to me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Old Zach, <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> Leah. He didn't know who to. Uh, but, but so yeah. Anyway, so the show is going to be executive is going to be produced by Norman Lear, the 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 the, the famous. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, I was going to joke that I didn't know Tony Danza was still alive. There's no way Norman Lear is still alive. So it says, the show will be executive produced by Norman Lear and will be written and executive produced by 2017 One Day at a Time reboot co-creator Mike Royce and co-executive producer Bridget Munoz Leibowitz per deadline. Norman Lear just did the those... Uh, you remember Norman Lear is 99. A hundred in a month, actually. This is he's not producing the show. Do you remember a couple of years ago when All in the Family and the Jeffersons did a live... And they came, and then somebody played Archie, sure. and he did that. No, he didn't. Okay, 
he created the show, so he was a producer at one time. So they're still listing him as a producer. There's no, he's not on set. He's, he's going to be. He's on not set. going to work every day. They interviewed him. No, they didn't. No, uh, that all in the family no. thing. Okay, the, but not yeah, for this. No, I know. I'm just reading what the story says. He's a hundred. So his name will be on it. Sure. I mean, will you watch it? Not if Angela is not on it. Judith Light. Angela. That was her name, right? I mean, that's what Angela. He said. Angela, yeah. No, Angela. That's how he said it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. I'm, first, no, I'm not going to watch it. Uh, she's Alyssa Milano's on it. I guess I'm watching it. Um, there, there also was, and this was kind of missed by a lot of people. Uh, the Martin reunion just oh, came yeah, out. Oh yeah, I didn't. I saw you reply to that. That's, now I would have been in for that. It's, it's out there. You can watch it. It came out two weeks ago. Okay. I've not seen it yet. I'm sure I will watch it at some point. Is it just a reunion or is it now a series? I, I think it's one. They might try to do a series. I, um, <laughs> I have not read it. I've not read into this at all. I have no idea. I could be completely. I, I might be making stuff up right now. Did it? Did it? <laughs> Did it Martin get sued for sexually harassing Tisha Campbell? Like how they couldn't possibly be on the show together, right? I don't know. Well, how, I got it's I mean, a yes you, to you, both questions. You piqued my interest on this because I, I, I just remember when you when you included this when you tagged that after for this for number two. I was like, what? How did I miss this? I used to have the VHS tape set. Like how we nowadays you just DVR, just set it and go. Okay, every time this comes on, like I had the VHS every every week, same time, had VHS tapes of Martin just ongoing. I mean, it was no Wayne's Brothers, but it was it was good. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Living Color. I can tell you that, which was <laughs> before kind of Wayne's show. Brothers. You remember in Living Color? Sure, that's more of a sketch show than a. That's fantastic. It was very good, very good. But I, I mean, I. I will seek out Martin. I do, I, like I said, I don't know enough about this. I did not think that Tisha Campbell and Martin could work together. But apparently, so I'll, I'll have to look into it. What, did you find something? Uh, yeah, I haven't read it, so credibility. But it says that she's forgiven him since this is recent. This is recent. <laughs> okay, so, good. so clearly they good. worked it out. And All right, good. She's on it. I, I'll check it out. I'll, I'm, I'm sure there's some entertaining moments because Gina. that show was amazing. They were also in House Party together. Sure, yeah. That was the glory days. It was it was awesome. Yes, uh, I will I will check that one out. More definitely more likely than I am to watch the Who's the Boss reunion, especially if Angela and oh uh, here's another one. Mo, Mona's Mona's dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Catherine Hellman. She's she's got to be gone. She's passed. Are we sure? Yeah, it's in the story. Norman Lear's alive. Okay, Catherine Hellman has passed. It's in the story. Okay. Uh, it, it says that uh, it says that Judith Light and Danny Pintaro, the the who played her son, both oh. approve of the sequel. Okay, good yeah. enough. But they're not 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 approved enough to be in it. Uh, all right. Uh, if you want to go see Money in the Bank, I don't know. That doesn't have anything to do with uh, who's the boss or Angela or anybody else. Money in the Bank is in town though at the MGM Grand Garden Arena Saturday night. Go check it out. Access.com. Access.com for tickets. But you can win two right now, 364-1100, caller number 5, 364-1100. You're going to see Money in the Bank Saturday night. If you don't win, access.com for tickets. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000.
You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Back on a hump day. Hump day, homies, and the Hill edition. Willie Ramirez on Cofield and Company with Adam Hill. Coming up in just a few, we are going to talk to Washington Post reporter Samantha Pell, who covers the Capitals. We're gonna. She was at the Stanley Cup, and we are going to talk a little hockey. But first, number one. Number one. So, Asia Wilson uh, was interviewed after the game the other night, and she got a little emotional when asked what she thought about the video of Brittany Griner cuffed and being ushered through Russian court. Oh, man. Um, it was tough. Uh, I hated seeing it. It, it. it made my stomach turn. And I'm just even starting to get emotional just talking about it. Uh, she's our sister. She's our sister. And I can't imagine what she's going through. And I pray every single day that the people are that are in high ups are doing what they need to do to get her home because it's unacceptable. And to see her like that, I I can't even put it into words because we talk about how great she is as a player, but that's a person, that's someone's wife and she can't communicate with that. And that is the emotions that all of the WNBA stars are going through when it comes to Brittany Griner, and I can only imagine what the Phoenix Mercury are going through night after night or when they return home. You know, every WNBA court with the BG uh, logo on it. Um, and these are the emotions that they're feeling, you know, um, about, as she said, their sister. And, um, you know, it, it's still, there's still allegations. There's been nothing proven that she actually had. Cannabis oil in her possession that's only been what's been reported or been accused. Um, and But the fact that they just keep prolonging this detainment, they finally have a trial date, but they just keep putting it off is what's troubling. Um, and as, as Asia said, hoping that the higher-ups, somebody in Washington, D.C., somebody with the government is doing all they can to bring Brittany Griner home. When we come back on this Hope, uh, Hill and the Homies edition of Cofield and Company, we are going to talk to Samantha Pell. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Five seconds to go. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Back here, Cofield and Company, Hill and his homies edition. Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez. I, I'm very excited to talk hockey with Samantha Pell, who's coming up right now, but Ari just ruined my entire day. Tony Danza and Tupac were prison pen pals? Really? It That's, you're just going to throw that at me right as we're coming back on the air? Like, I'm not supposed to well, freak Ru- out and change my entire life? Because Yeah, because what he doesn't understand is now at some point tonight when you go into hibernation and you're and you're, but you're up all night, you are going to 
You're going to research this. You're going to. You're going to have an entire breakdown tomorrow. Literally, all I'm going to do with the rest of my day. But right now, we're going to talk hockey. Get back on track. Hopefully, Samantha can help us do that. Follow her on Twitter at Samantha J. Pell. Call, covers the Capitals for the Washington Post and just got done covering the Stanley Cup final. How you doing? I'm doing good. Definitely uh, a long couple weeks there, but honestly, a really great, exciting matchup. And yeah, I was really happy to kind of see both those teams go at it. For sure. Well, let's just let's start obviously with the with the champions of Colorado. I mean, how good is this team and how sustainable do you think this is for the next couple of years? I mean, I think they're really good. I think a lot of people maybe hadn't seen Colorado who follow kind of a lot of teams on the eastern side and to watch them, you know, every night in the finals and just their speed. I mean, I know it's probably said over and over again, but to see that in person and to see, you know, McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Landis Gog and you know, Rantanen and all of these guys who have the speed and the capability to kind of do what they do. I think they're a really great team, and they have the guys to make a substantial run. I think this was the first of kind of their many opportunities or the cup windows, as they say, in Washington. So I definitely think this is a team with sustained uh, ability to win. Well, that that leads us with that with that point to is the window closed for Tampa? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be hard for Tampa. It seemed like there in the third period of Game 6, it seemed like you finally saw Tampa slow down. It was almost a crazy third period where it just seemed like they were finally tired. It seemed like, okay, after three years, they finally stopped uh, putting their foot on the gas. And all of a sudden, Colorado kind of came up and played, you know, almost a textbook third period to close it out. So I think it is going to be hard, but they do have a lot of guys. I think they're going to lose some, you know. I think Plot, Nick Paul, um, they're both UFAs in the market this year, so we'll see how that goes. But you also looked at all the injury reports that Tampa came out with at the end of the year and a lot of their big guys playing through a lot of big injuries. You jumped on the beat uh, late, I believe, 2000, December 2017. Mm-hmm. So, so you were there for the uh, Capitals' Stanley Cup win over the Vegas Golden Knights. Who, win, who would win, the 2018 Washington Capitals <laughs> or the 2022 Colorado Avalanche? Oh, God. I mean, I've got to say Colorado. Uh, I don't know. I think the Capitals obviously had a really great team with Alex Ovechkin and Backstrom, but their team was based off of a lot of guys, you know, middle six guys stepping up when it mattered, right? Devontae Smith-Kelly with that huge goal. Um, you had guys, Alex Chason had another huge goal. Andre Burkowski had two goals against Tampa Bay in Game 7, night after he was scratched in Game 6. So I think the Capitals had a lot of guys stepping up at the right time. Uh, a lot of luck. I think Colorado is just a really, really good team, and it was evident with those two, uh, you know, series sweeps in the postseason. Samantha, is there is it okay that I think we all can feel bad for out of everybody, Pierre Edward Belmar? This guy goes mm-hmm. to the Stanley Cup final in 2018 with Vegas, loses. He goes to the Avalanche for two se- seasons. He gets ousted by Vegas last postseason. Leaves for Tampa Bay, loses in the 2022 final to Colorado. Yeah, I mean, it's like the Corey Terry situation, right? Uh, he <laughs> yes, went three, three yes. times, and he couldn't get it either. So it's it's one of those crazy things where you're like, okay, this guy has to get one, right? This is going to happen for him. He's joining the right team at the right time, and then all of a sudden, here are the uh, Colorado Avalanche. You, so you made you made the reference to Corey Perry with Belmar. I think the difference for a lot of people, and I'll speak for us, obviously, here knowing uh, Pierre for a while, like he's a great dude, just an unbelievable mm-hmm. guy, nice guy. I saw just nothing but mockery of Corey Perry. Like, nobody likes that dude. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, Corey Perry has a history, right? Delmar <laughs> doesn't really have a history. He's like, good guy, talks to you, totally normal. And 
Terry, yeah, definitely has some uh, some marks on his on his resume <laughs> for sure. Well, we we talked about Colorado and and how uh, successful they could be going forward. They are a pretty big favorite next year, less than five mm-hmm. to one to win the title. Would you make that bet? I think I would. I really think out of the West, I was asked this question the other day of who do you think is the closest team to beat a Colorado just in the West. And I think a lot of teams are more than just one guy away from beating Colorado. I think they need to go out and get multiple guys. But I do think Vegas is probably that team if they can stay healthy and can kind of figure out the rotation of everyone. You had a chance. I mean, in covering Washington, you – You've seen Bruce Cassie coach probably you know more than us obviously, and, and since we're watching them once twice a season, um, do you see in in knowing because you traveled to Caps, you, you've been here, and you obviously you know Vegas has been such a polarizing team. Can you see what he does work with this roster? Yeah, I definitely think I think Bruce Cassie will work well with this roster. I think just seeing Boston so much with Washington, I mean, they played a whole playoff series there. Um, the year after the bubble, and I feel like what Bruce Cassidy does, he's such a good coach. He knows the X's and O's. He knows kind of how to push players, and I know him leaving Boston was kind of controversial with maybe the tactics of how he pushed guys or he tried to push them too much, And uh, but I do think he does work in Vegas, and he's going to work in the West, and he's going to be one of those coaches that's kind of going to put players in their place, and they're going to understand his system and how he wants to play, but still let them have that flexibility on the offensive side as well. We talked about the future of a couple teams. I want to ask you about the team you know best, the Capitals. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Ovechkin can score goals till he's like seventy, but like <laughs> at some point he's going to slow down. How? I guess what does the future of this team look like? Yeah, I think this offseason for the Capitals is going to be really important. I mean, injury wise, they're in a boatload of trouble. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom had hip resurfacing surgery just a couple weeks ago and his timeline to return. I mean, there is no timeline. It's probably going to be a season, uh, maybe a little bit shorter, but he looks like he's going to be on LTIR to start the year. Tom Wilson tore his ACL. He's out to start the year. Carl Haglin uh, had eye surgery in March and he might never play hockey again. So I think for the Capitals, they have a lot of money to work with in the off season and they're probably going to go out, get a veteran goalie. They're going to try to go get a number two center, maybe a defenseman. And so I think this is the time where you're going to see a lot of changes, and that's going to kind of dictate uh, probably the next three to five years of this organization. I was I was going to – well, first of all, we like to scroll through uh, – any guests we have on, scroll through their Twitter and find interesting topics to talk about. You are tweeting a lot of hockey. Like, is there going to be an off season? You've, you've covered all the <laughs> way through the final now. Free agency is on the horizon. Like, do you even get an off season? Yeah, uh, maybe not. Uh, it, it kind of seems crazy. Yeah, I feel like I was yeah covering the Capitals, the finals, the draft is obviously next week, and then goes right into free agency. Capitals development camp is there, so I will get a vacation uh, probably in mid July, and then everything is going to kind of start back up again when we start getting more camps later in the year. Well, that's good to know. We do we do have to, as we always do, ask the poll question for the day. So this is a tough one. A lot of pressure, okay. a lot of pressure, pressure on this one. Uh, go to ice cream flavor, and there's choices. So you can you can go off the board if you want, but the choices. Let's see: mint chocolate chip, Rocky Road, cookies and cream, or just a standard vanilla or chocolate. So I'm gonna go with vanilla because I'm not a big chocolate person. Okay. So I'm gonna go with vanilla. That's definitely my go-to choice with maybe some like strawberry thrown in there. Now. You know, there's these all these new concoctions at these new these these modern 
ice cream places. You how, know, how that, old a hundred. Modern ice cream. <laughs> well, place. I mean, I'm not used. To, I'm used to going to an ice cream place and getting a couple of scoops. Now okay. you can go and you get you get the frozen marble top, and they sit there and smash stuff in it. Or you go different places and they do all these. Stone, okay. Yeah. So, well, see, I was always told, don't. You know, I'm, okay, I'm not fine. naming brands. I'm not getting in that trouble again. <laughs> I've already been down that road. But uh, so, if if you go to those places, are you still getting mm-hmm. vanilla and then picking your toppings, or like when you go to a froyo place, do you, or mm. are you are you are you getting some weird kind of crazy stuff going? I feel like sometimes it'll be like the seasonal flavors. So we have an ice cream place like here in D.C. called Jenny's, which is local, and they always do like rotating seasonal flavors. So it's like blueberry crumble or like, I don't know, peach pie or mm. banana pudding or something like that. So Solid. I'll probably try one of those. Right, the, I mean, all this was just to say, as long as you don't answer mint chocolate chip, it's fine. I don't know who would give that answer. <laughs> That's a terrible ice cream. I think mint's okay, but, oh, like, no. it wouldn't be my first choice when I looked at it. Like, I wouldn't pick it at an ice cream shop. This all started because Tom Brady was eating ice cream on vacation. And, and, and apparently, it was chocolate chip? No. 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 Apparently, <laughs> apparently he, when he, quote-unquote, cheats because he's such a very uh, strict... I don't want to use the word diet, but plant based and it's very. But it'll only be avocado flavored. So the oh. they were trying to pick. The photographer was trying to zero in to see was it green. <laughs> I immediately I was like, well, how do we know it's not pistachio? You know? So these yeah. are these are the hard hitting stories we need. Uh, you did a great job covering the finals, but let's get on the ice cream beat. That's important. That's what the people need to hear. There we go. <laughs> I'll start it. I'll start my new career today. <laughs> there you go. Well, hopefully uh, you do get some time off at some point, as you said, like three days at some point in the summer. Uh, we had that when the Golden Knights were in the uh, final. Uh, we didn't have to worry about that this year. We had a nice long off season, very enjoyable, uh, but great, great work from you. Uh, what do you got coming up that people should check out now that the finals are over? Yeah, definitely. I would say draft coverage, free agency. Like I said before, the Caps are probably going to have a very active off season, so definitely expecting some trades and uh, deals to be made. There you go. Samantha J. Pelp on Twitter. Go follow her, and we really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. There you go. Good stuff. We had to, I mean, she had to get dragged into our nonsense ice cream conversation, but that's okay. She's a fun follow. Um, you know, I mean, like you said, you're, we always kind of scroll through their Twitter timeline, and it's just loaded with, because she was at, uh, you know, every single game. So she traveled. Um, but no, I just, I missed, I missed her Twitter background. Yeah, it said let's. It's, it was a Waffle House reference. Yes, <sighs> that's what we should have. The ice cream stuff was get her back unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk waffle. Like, how do you get your hash browns? Very important stuff. We forget about it because we don't have it here. We're, we're too busy looking at the timeline. But anyway, but she'll do. She does throw up some fun stuff from time to time. God, is there one in Tahoe? I might need to go there next week. This is, I'll just I'll only go if there's a Waffle House. And we'll, if not, I'm canceling. We'll find out during the break. All right, come back. Grab back time. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. And uh, I did not say Adam Hill, right? Because I know that you all have arrogant, smug editors, uh, you know, uh, pompous ass editors who write your headlines for you sometimes. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag, only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. She's going to cut off the part where he says, we all like Adam Hill. We're all friends with Adam Hill. Uh, I didn't see. I didn't hear that part. It's the very first part. It's, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. the very about. beginning of that quote. Did we, get a, did we get a Dana White, Adam Hill rejoint followed by, or is that the Fat Boys? That is. 
Solid. That's my shortened grab bag. We're low on time. It's <laughs> good. It's good. Just clipped it together. It, was, it worked. Uh, that was back when uh, everyone on Twitter and the conservative blogosphere was attacking me, and Sean Hannity was opening his show with me, and Dana White was coming to my defense after all the death threats. That was a good time. And my favorite part of that was the thousands. God, I should go back and save a lot of them. The thousands of people that said, good luck ever going to UFC. Good luck ever talking to Dana again. And we talked yesterday. <laughs> talked about 50 times since then. And what, did you, and what did you talk about yesterday? Uh, we talked about the fact that Connor and Floyd are once again flirting with a rematch on Twitter and, and Instagram and other places. They want to run it back. They want to do it again. Dana White said absolutely not. <laughs> Shot it right down. Like, I mean, if if Connor wants to do it, it's going to be tough to block it. I mean, he's under contract, but it would be, it would get really ugly, I think, if a fight deal is done and, and Dana shuts it down. But he said it's not happening. And he said every time he talks to Connor, his focus is on coming back to the UFC. If, if, don't forget, Connor McGregor last fought in January 2021, suffered a broken leg in that fight. Mm-hmm. He's still working his way back, not to 100% yet. He's looking at end of this year, beginning of next year for coming back. But it won't be in boxing. I don't. Uh, I don't believe that. That's. Uh, I mean, I, it, it, like you said, it's it's hard. If they want to do it. It's hard to overlook with the money that's out there to be made, um, be, because of all the people that would want to tune in. Why well, I don't know. I, I I just wouldn't be interested. But no. Uh, I, but don't I, don't forget. I mean, when you when you do talk about this fight, it was the biggest fight of all time, um, made a lot of money for both of them and a lot of other people, and go back and watch the fight. Watch how it played out. Floyd was setting up a rematch. Like, he let he didn't throw a punch for the first three rounds. He let Connor hang around and made it look competitive, and the only reason for that was to set up a rematch. And so he's been wanting to do it. And if Floyd wants a quick $100 million, he can fight Connor again. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Did you see this next one? <laughs> the bubblegum game? The Yankees' dugout played a weird game by throwing gum, chewing it, and then throwing it on the field while they're playing the A's. What was the what was the target of the game? I believe it was like a little water spout or a little like a sprinkler head? Like sprinkle head, but it just sunk it in and they, they were trying, trying to get to as close land. as they could. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean, I saw all the gum on the field. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, bad aim. Could it have? Could it have impacted the game if there's like a pop, pop foul and somebody steps in it and just gets their foot stuck exactly. in it? Exactly. And what about the groundskeepers? They got to pick that up. I think they'll probably throw them some cash, tip them, or maybe pick it up themselves after the game. Doubt that. Got me wondering though. You're a baseball player. Sure. What was your you, you never chew tobacco, right? No. Seeds? So, yes, only to try to be cool. So what about bubblegum? Uh, I would I would throw the bubblegum every once in a while. Uh, but I would, like, everybody else did seeds all the time, and I didn't like them. And I didn't, like, it, it was just annoying to try to crack them open and spit out the seed and all that. Uh, spit out the shell. Just yeah. eat the seed. Like, I didn't, it wasn't my thing, but I absolutely did it. It was the start of a long string of my life of just doing things like, this is what you're supposed to do, right? I didn't like it. I think it when I'd cover 
baseball or softball, especially for Damon, right, for Nevada Preps, uh, it was more like the nervous twitch. Like it was something to do while you got to sit there. So it was – that was – because your hands are busy. You're keeping a scorebook. You're typing. So the one thing to do, I, that's what I always associated with, so I'd have the cup ready. Oh, you're saying when you're covering. I mean, the, I think the I reason play. you do seeds. I played softball. The, I think the reason you would do seeds in the field, almost the same thing. It's like you can just throw a bunch of them in your mouth at the beginning yeah. of the inning, and as the inning goes on, the ball's not coming your way. You're just kind of yeah, chewing them through and spitting them out. I wasn't. I, gum I would do yeah, for sure. We you, talk, just, you just have to stay occupied out there. We talked earlier about um, – we talked earlier about the media softball league. I I was always stuck in one of the two centers when I play because back then, however many years ago, 20 years ago, and my wheels were still working, I was playing for speed. So I would always – I wouldn't want to have a, a cheek full of sunflower seeds because I'd be the one that would get it stuck in my throat diving for a ball. So I was more about the gum. Now, what would be your go-to? Because you had big league chew. Sure. We had the bubble tape. Remember the tape? I, was, I mean, yeah, I, I like the bubble tape with everybody else just to roll it out as long as you can, yeah, but no, yeah. it wouldn't, that, not for a game. Like a bubblicious. Bubblicious. So, so not even big league chew. Remember the pouch? No, made, every once in a while you'd go chew because yeah. then you'd feel like you've you're, you're got tobacco. Now, for <laughs> me, in playing, I probably would go with like the packs of bubblicious or, or hubba bubba or yeah. bubble yum. Those were the three. When we were in elementary school, we had gum club. You had to bring, everyone brought one pack of gum and then we'd throw it in like a, a box and then, but. You, you really are showing your age. <laughs> yeah. Baseball gum related club. gum, though. Baseball related gum. Uh, I. This is going to sound, I don't know, again, this will show my age, but there's always the appreciation for that. If you say the baseball card <gasps> yeah, pack, no, yes, come on, man. Absolutely. It's so, it's so bad. Yeah. That it was it. Break your teeth. I think it was yeah. awful. Yeah. No, the, I mean, Big League 2 was specifically designed to be it, the tobacco for the kids. Yeah. Like, I remember when it, it came out, but be, be, I was chewing baseball card gum before there was Big League Chew <laughs> so, and bubble tape. So gross. I opened so many, cards, so many packs of baseball cards in my life and just... The gum would just go immediately. Away. I still have unopened packs. Go chew the gum. I have. Do that. I, bring in a pack and chew the gum I, on the show. I'm gonna find them. They're they're <laughs> packed away. I got I got I got Fleer football somewhere unpacked early '90s football, and I think I have some basketball and baseball unopened. Why would they put gum in baseball? It does. It makes zero sense. I don't know. I don't know. Why would you put gum? Would people buy the cards just to get the gum? Maybe. I don't know, but we're gonna. But this may have to. We have to carry this poll question over. Baseball gum. <laughs> That'll be the one tomorrow, I suppose. That'll do it. Thanks to everybody. Listen to the replay. Check it out. We'll be back tomorrow. Were you saying two seconds or twenty? I was saying two minutes. This clock is wrong. <laughs> what are we doing? Jesus. Well. I was trying to speed out of here. I'm like, we got two. I didn't know if it was two or 20. Yeah, I appreciate right. it. Turns right. out it's two minutes. Very uh, that's, that's out of character right. for this show. That's all right. I'm jumping in real quick with a feel-good ending to this story. Well, we got to go back in there first. Stick we, your hand in there, Dave. Boom. There you go. Spring Valley hoop star Aaliyah Gales. Uh, for those who are unaware, she was shot multiple times. Um, she graduated two weeks ago. She took her first step since being shot. And on her Instagram, she posted, they told me I couldn't do it. I told them, watch me do it. And she walked with assistance. Um, she is expected to still be have her scholarship to USC honored. And uh, so I, I was happy to see it. I, I know Aaliyah. I know her former uh, coach, Billy Hamburger, who's now over at Liberty. So it was good to see that her physical therapy is coming along. Very cool. That was, that was a good – I'm glad that we had the extra time that we were able to do that. 
uh, and get that out. God, there's some there's a great some great Twitter debates going on that we can talk about later uh, or tomorrow. I guess is what is what I meant. Uh, thanks to everybody that was on today. Thanks to Q for having me on his show right before we started. Uh, check out UFC coverage in the Review Journal. Working on that throughout the week uh, for Justin Watkins, Caleb Herring, Tracy Murray, and Samantha Pell. Thanks to all of them. They were great. Caleb, very smart, we learned, even though he won't say it. Samantha Pell needs more non-hockey on her Twitter, we said, but she'd have a Waffle House reference that we need uh, to get into. Tracy Murray, Justin Watkins, Steve Cofield back tomorrow? Could it be? We'll find out.